Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. What in the hell is up, Toronto Blue Jays fans? What is going on? We are back. It's Toronto Blue Jays chat here on Jaybird Watching, the official podcast of jaysjourl.com. I am here myself, Craig Borden, with Ken Alfred and Jason Lyons. Good evening, fellas. How are we doing? Cold. It's getting cold again. I don't like this. It is on the dreary rain. Shorts on. Oh, yeah. No. All those Vancouverians are, uh, you know, getting so excited about summer, apparently. It's beautiful here. It's like 26 degrees and sunny, and uh, it's been like that for a couple of days. And uh, as soon as that happens, the, the the resounding ring of lawnmowers start again as we dig, you know, as we cut foot-long grass to, to get our lawns looking normal. Um, baseball shall be played. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, baseball is ready to be played. Yep, always That's baseball. The biggest thing. Baseball is always a good thing all day, every day, and a good day at the ballpark is always better than ninety nine point nine percent of things all of us could be doing. That is true. So to that point, boys, the fun is the post the previous week in Toronto Blue Jays baseball has been a very very mixed batch. There's been ups, there's been downs, there's been totally WTF moments of what's going on. Um, we're going to talk about every one of those pieces, but um, just assessment randomly over the last week. Ken, what do you notice over the last week that kind of stood out to you? And I'm not just pointing out the fact of what the night show is nicknamed and whatnot. So, <laughs> Well, our hitting is, is still there. Like I, I find that our offense is not too bad. Like we're still piling on the runs. We just, for some reason, can't seem to, you know, close out the games. That seems to be the biggest, the uh, biggest factor that I'm noticing. Yeah. All right, Jason, what are you thinking? Well, very similarly. I mean, I think that the the team is playing well. Um, you know, you can't win six in a row to not be playing well. I mean, a lot of them are close. Seattle showing themselves as being a very good team. Um, you know, we kind of knew they were going to be. I mean, to take them the Jays to ten twice. Um, I watched both of those games wildly entertaining. I mean, entertainment value entertainment. Blue Jays is through the roof. Even last night, you know, going into extras again last night, didn't it? Or did they walk them off? 
No, it, it was a uh, walk-off, unfortunately. <laughs> so, I, I, was, I was cooking dinner. Ate dinning too much. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, that there is, you know, there's obviously a lot of stuff to unpack with the, the, the relief pitching and some other things. But I will say this. I feel like losing three games to the Red Sox in the fashion that they have over the last couple of days actually helps them three, four months from now. I actually yeah. think that they can take these losses being very close. And the Red Sox are garbage. They're, they're a decent team. They have a lot of good moving parts. It's just they're kind of old and they're, you know, it's, they're not the traditional make of a baseball team right now. But not, I think you have a nail on the head with moving parts. There is just a ton going on there that has to hit perfect for them to be able to do what they need to do. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, like I said, I think in a couple of months, they'll look back at some of these losses and be like, hey, here, here is an adjustment we should have made. We should have taken Kikuchi out in the sixth and gone to Bass or whatever they should have done. They, they start to be able to maybe not Bass at the moment. Yeah, as as bossy as positives. So um, I think it's not a bad thing to lose three right now. I yeah, yeah hate to lose anything in a row, but um, you know I think Telltale is going to be what they come out of this. You know, sort of they got one more what today. They're gearing up as we see. Yeah. Well, there we go. And then they move on to Pittsburgh. So, I mean, again, I think if they can squeak one win out, they got Gosman on the hill. Um, you know, you get one win, you get yourself right on, uh, back on track, go after Pittsburgh hard, Philadelphia. You know, they've got some 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 decently fun baseball coming up. Not easy baseball for sure. But correct. You know, I, I think that, that, like I said, you, I you look back on some of these losses and say, no, what, how what could we have done differently? Because the hitting's yeah. incredible. Right? Yeah. The hitting is offense is hitting on all cylinders and all the way through the lineup is the biggest takeaway for this whole thing. You have Kiermaier doing what he's doing in an idol. You have Kirk starting to come around. Jansen's been obviously doing what he did in the past week, too, which has been very impressive. Um, and then obviously knowing what Chapman is, the reigning AL MVP of the last month. Well-deserved. So, well-deserved. Uh, well-deserved. And that's a whole other topic we're going to get into, but. And then you have Fobachet doing what he's been doing over the last week. It's amazing to me how we lost games when he's going five for five. <laughs> it's, it's unreal. Slightly unreal and mind-boggling at the same time. So over the past week in Toronto Blue Jays baseball, we took two out of three against the Seattle Mariners, who notoriously took us out of the playoffs last year in epic failure fashion, by the way. Which we uh, can all agree with. And it, very much hurts Hun Holt. They all feel horrible at home. But to that point, we have been taken to school by the Boston Red Sox as we record this on 5-3 Wednesday evening before the game starts for the final game against the Red Sox. And it's just that a, a rough beat them up. And I'm sorry, I, I was wrong. It's not the last game. We have one more tomorrow. <laughs> but this... These two games against the Red Sox have just felt like a meat grinder. But both teams. And pitching's been good, bad, everything indifferent. The offense for both teams has clicked at proper times. The Blue Jays last night, for a perfect example, score five runs in one inning. And then the Red Sox have sideways to score like every inning for the first six innings, except for one inning. <laughs> oh, like I said, a very mixed batch after last week. Jason, is there been anything that's been a common denominator in the midst of this whole thing? Or is it been just 
bad luck for this early in the season. I, I honestly think it's just that it's like you said. I mean, the la- if you look at the the last, you know, even the last, wow. so they they blow the White Sox eight out eight buzz, but then they beat Seattle three two. They beat C- uh, Seattle one nothing in ten. They beat Seattle yes. ten eight in ten. <laughs> then they lose six five and they lose seven six. I mean, this is an arm wrestling match with you yes. yourself. I mean, if you're everything they're doing on the positive, they're doing enough on the negative to to, to circumvent that. And it, like I said, my hope is that these can be uh, lessons learned that that come playoff time, come you know September, come late August. They can they can peel back on these things and say, hey, remember when we, we grounded out for for two weeks and and you know we couldn't win a year. You know we we won some important games against Seattle and you know we sure we lost to Boston. But at this point, who cares? It's you know the positives for me are guys getting into the box and grinding out good ambies. Um, you know the starts have been good uh, and at some point the relievers will start to kick in at full clip. But we all know. There is no perfect storm. I mean, there's going to be weeks between now and October where they get their asses in. That's correct. My big takeaway is that they've been blown out. There hasn't been a nothing or a 7-2 or anything like that. They are... That is a very good point. Yeah. It's been continuing. Oilers. They're going to score. They've been competitive. It's sure. Yeah. No blowouts. They've uber competitive. It could have gone either way. For and yeah. for the, all these losses, so, so we know. Yeah, over here. Exactly, and you know what? It's a and, yeah. and fans have to remember. Like I have to remember too. It's 162 games. You know what's losing yeah. three it's, in a row? It's the first month. This <laughs> is only the first month, exactly. So you know, like I think it's a very humbling thing, and maybe maybe they should not get on their high horse when they have won like but five or six straight, and uh, build that confidence level, which is great. But you need that humility to make sure. Okay, well, we can't rest on our laurels. And we have to close yes. out these games because, like you said, Seattle, even though we took two or three, they were not blowouts by any means for even us. Like, we just we just scratched by. We just did enough to get the win. Made it by. Yeah. We just Very made it by. team, which, by the way, is on the road solo at the moment. But we did what we needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, on that note, I want to talk over the last week, regardless of all of these things we just laid out. See, the Toronto Blue Jays are currently ranked, according to MLB.com, as the number three team in all of Major League Baseball in the power rankings. I don't know if you all ever actually pay attention to this. I take it with a grain of salt because I saw what the power rankings said for my Buffalo Bills this year, and they fucking suck. <laughs> so I take it with a grain of salt because that was one of those things that's just too premature, gets too much hype. Where do they really, truly stand amongst their peers? You can't really tell for the power rankings, but the Blue Jays are 18 and 10. And last week, they jumped up from the seventh seed in the power rankings to number three. It's because of winning pretty much seven straight. But at that point, that now puts them above the Yankees, the Brewers, which are a team that's been red hot, the Houston Astros, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have been the story of the season so far. Are you worried is the question, I think, gentlemen. You're, You're seeing what this team can do. We haven't seen it hit on all cylinders yet. This is, in my opinion, a great baseball team to the point of uh, Schneider saying, how do we get from good to great? 
Are you in agreement to that? And I'm going to start with Ken on that one. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we're, we're really there. Like, I think we're still, we have a lot of the pieces that gets us majority of the way there. And we just got to iron out those little uh, rough patches that we've been having, especially from the bullpen. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But if we can clean up that one and really just close off these games, then yeah, we should be okay. I think we're going to be yes. fine. Jason, your opinion on that. Do you think we're all yeah, or, uh, so make believe at three? If it's interesting you had mentioned it. I, you know, I, I try and, and fill my days with work, which sometimes I drift off into reading stories about blue days. And so from those stories, I it's funny because I see both things. And that the interesting thing for me is I think this is the first time in a long time following any sports team that I've even had any kind of relationship with. It's interesting to watch the comments from the fans because in a lot of situations, those three losses or two losses, sorry, you would have, you know, people, like you said, pulling the switch already. The damn is broke. Things are on fire. Everyone seems to be doing that right now. And if you, if you, the real pundits, the real Blue Jays analysts and pundits like us, I think we all agree that it's not only is it way too early to be pulling the any kind of uh, like I read one where they were talking about, oh, they need to trade Biggio and oh, they, they got to rid of Espinola. Like it's just garbage. It's all garbage. The whole thing is, is this is a long ass season. They have got a lot of baseball to play. And like I said, correct, character building losses that you need. Nobody's going 162 and 0. No one's even going under. You know, no one's even winning. Not even the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> so what you have to realize is that when a power ranking comes out like that, I feel like it's people who predominantly know what they're talking about, sort of speculating into the next sort of three weeks. Like they see that the Jays have a tough schedule coming up. They've got Pittsburgh. I mean, that is going to be, if that isn't the best series of the birth month and a half to watch, I'd be very surprised. I've got my DVR set. I'm really excited about it. They're going to be barn burners. It's two smashers going at each other. Then they got the Phillies right afterwards. I mean, yes. the Phillies haven't been great, but, but they just got Bryce Harper back. Yeah. And look at the Red Sox. The, the, Red, the, the Phillies right now are like the Red Sox where they're being pushed around and everyone's like, God, God, you're awful. They're going to come out at some point. And if our pitching isn't strong enough, that's where they're going to come over against it. But and that will be our watch. It's, it's, to panic at this point right now is so, so early. And it, I, I've learned as being a sports fan for a long time uh, that you just have to trust. And I actually, like I said, I trust this to be one of the best, not phone-based teams are going to It's one of the best baseball teams. In the These guys are excellent, top to bottom. And jump point, everything is going to hit from the game, and they are going to be a juggernaut. We're going to having shows where we're like, hey, damn, thing possible, because everything's so awesome. Like, but, you know, thanks for pooching a couple, because it gives us something to talk about. <laughs> so on that note, I want to talk how how we got here. Where, how do you get to your third seat or the third uh, spot in the power ranks? You shot the reigning AL player of the month in Matt Chapman. And I don't know if you all saw what he did over the last months, but it's local. <laughs> so the man goes five home runs in the month of April, 12 or 15 double, 21 RBIs have been a mere 384. It's crazy. <laughs> Just a mere. 
I mean, him and Steph right now are, I mean, it, it's it's literally insane. Like, yeah. there have been the likes of this. I mean, you have to go way back to the end, like to the, the Bronx Bombers type stuff we're talking about. Like Ruth, Gehrig, that kind of thing. Like, Mantle, we haven't seen it. And we have other guys. Myers Rowe was the nickname, yeah. I believe. <laughs> we have other guys now, like, we have other guys now that are, are progressing up to that. Like, it seems like like Chapman sets a bar, Bichette gets right behind it, and then four or five guys are like, well, I could do that. And then they, then I can do that. And then I can do that. And the thing for me is, is you take a guy like Kiermaier, who's hitting ninth, and, and I mean, He's, he, he has clearly said, don't leave me up. I want to be down here. I want to, I want them to think that I'm not good. I'm not feeling good. And, you know, you did you know, like Brandon Belt and you put him in and he's had, he's had some good games. I mean, you know, Brandon Belt's not going to be our, our lifesaver. And for, I read an article today where there was like, oh, you got to get rid of Belt. Give it a play. Like, yeah. Guy's a utility player for the Jays this year. He's going to fill in where he can. If he hits anywhere between 10 and 15 home runs, and it's, it's decent. Uh, I'm on the fourth. Yeah. Know, like, I think I said it on this show. It would not shock me that Brandon Bell is this year's Chris Colombello for yeah. Colas 2015. Oh, I'm so. Oh, yeah. Chris, by the way, I, Chris, if you're listening, I've been trying to get you on our show. You just Chris, said it. You Let's get on the show, man. Him a few times. He's got some really cool, interesting hitting takes as far as, and to that point, I'm from Rochester. He played for the Rochester Red Wings for the better part of three years. So I'm, I'm, I'm selfishly trying to get him on the show. <laughs> so, but to that point, guys, it, those are all the right things. And Matt Chapman hitting on all cylinders is only the tip of the iceberg for what's going on is. And to where you were going with that, Jason, as far as Blue Jays fans are concerned, this is 1993. Yeah. This is Alomar, Olerud, Molitor all over again. Those three guys in 1993 finished one, two, and three in the American League batting title race. So it's hopefully we can get there right now with with Biggio. Or no, sorry, <laughs> with Vlad, Bichette, and Chapman. Yeah. So. And I mean, I think it's, it's, I think this is a valid thing. Like, I don't see Vladdy slowing down. Vladdy has realized the strength that he has in a single double, um, you know, hitting scenario. He sees that it improves his batting order. He sees how it hunts the team up, even when he hits a single, you know, just to move runners around or even when it's just by himself. And I mean, I don't know how at this point right now, either Bichette or Chapman is stopped. I mean, they are, I think you could throw dimes at both of them and they put them to the outfield. Like, I mean, it, it's bonkers. And Bichette just looks like, he looks like a robot. Like he goes up there, he's three junk pitches, unhittable pitches. And then the fourth one is down and away and he's, you know, rips the still scorches it. <laughs> like, that's so He's barely. Knows. I know everybody's made this joke since he came into Major League Baseball. He was Boba Shet kind of sounds like Boba Fett. He's baseballs and murdering baseballs as a bounty hunter against Major League Baseball. But to that point, he's unstoppable. It's like he's playing a freaking video game at this point with the two of them right now in the top of your lineup. And the fact that Chapman is 
are Teoscar Hernandez for this year. He needs to be in that fourth spot. I don't care where anything is going on right now. He has proven that he's our cleanup hitter for this season. And that's saying a lot because we, I think we really know what the ceiling is for Dalton Varsho, who was penciled in to start the season as the team cleanup hitter, being the left-handed bat between all these players that we were talking about. But Chapman is mashing right-handed, left-handed, everything and all the above. I don't care if he cares where the ball comes from. He's just going to hit it. He beats everybody equally, right? right? He hits the ball equally against regardless of the pitcher. So, yeah. So, in the midst of that, I don't know how much you two have read into how he got from A to B, where he is now, where he was, all this kind of stuff. But look at the video from last year of how Matt Chapman preps and loads for a swing. And look how he does that currently. It is night and day different. The man is doing the toe tap stuff. So he's getting to the ball that much quicker because he's not waiting to load back on his weight on his back right leg and get into the baseball. And it has been amazing to watch the transformation. And he has admitted it himself that he is getting that much more reaction time out of him because he can, he's ready. It's really what it is, right? If you're not ready to hit the damn baseball, you're going to hit the damn baseball. <laughs> it's a hard game. So, Jason, let me even say it, Craig. Like, so I, you know, coaching 11 and 12 year old kids, um, one of the biggest things is your, your body strengths will allow you to hit home runs at some point. And grads, I've grown up with these kids since they were seven playing baseball the whole way through. Now, the predominance of these 12 year kids, three year old kids, are at least getting the ball to the wall at 200 and lots are getting it over. And, um, yes. What I've noticed the biggest difference in, and, you know, what I try and preach with, with my kids, because I don't have this hugest twins, you know, there's, there's certainly boys that are a lot bigger than my two, but they both have really pure swings and they both hit the ball like it owes them money. He, they both, they have a certain bit of, I might make a Joe Pesci moment. Yeah. And if you, if you watch Matt Chapman, if you might, Matt Chapman has a bit of disdain for the ball. He, he, he walks into the batter box. It's the same as Pichette. Like Vladdy laughs a little bit. He's a little jokey and, and George Sprayer is a little happy. And he says, they don't hate the baseball. And I think what we're seeing from Matt Chapman is part of that, that stance change, the transfer change, the strength. He's overall a stronger player. Like if you look at the video from last year, like his entire body is a little bit bigger. And that's where a guy like Marshall a month from now might be hitting him so far that we can't even find them. Um, but by the way, and I mean, so he said he's been learning a lot from Gladdy. Yeah, I think that right there says leaps and bounds for things because Vladdy's the most advanced hitter for, what, a 23-year-old you're ever going to find on the planet? <laughs> because his dad played cricket, and his dad was one of the best bad ball hitters in all of Major League Baseball history, not just the best. Played in. The best. And so you have that to, you know, feed off of. He gets to grab the ear of Don Mattingly, of all people. He gets to talk to John Schneider, who's done a little bit of everything as far as Major League Baseball has to offer. Mitchell Martinez is part of the hitting crew that gets to teach people about Major League Baseball and how to hit hitters and all the things that he did. He was one of the most prolific hitters for his time frame. This is the difference from what we were talking about before the season, bringing all this senior talent will eventually translate for most of these players on this roster. 
because you're just surrounding with such good information, something eventually is going to land and click with X player, correct? Yeah. 100% so. 100%. And to Jason, to your point of teaching, the biggest thing in hitting, I was never a big hitter. I'm a whole 5'9", and barely weigh 180 pounds. <laughs> so, and I could hit just as hard as some of the bigger guys. And it's because I knew how to properly load and literally throw my weight around. <laughs> so um, that's the reason I played all the way through college. That's the reason I did what I did as a baseball player, but never obviously translated because of injuries and some of this stuff. And that's why I get the podcast now with you two. Did you see the, the roster move that just happened? Well, what happened? Just happened? Yeah. Uh, when is this from? Uh, breaking. Biggio went down? Down yes, where? It was yesterday. Right oh, yesterday. Was okay, yeah, yeah. It was showing today as today. Yes. I think it might have been, it didn't take a fact because I don't think Spencer Horowitz, the other part of that, was in Boston last night. Isn't that one of the original members of the Blue Jays? Or, I mean, of the uh, Beast Boys? <laughs> I know, right? What's <laughs> he? Except it's straight out of Brooklyn, not straight out of Boston. <laughs> it definitely don't feel like sabotage because I don't know if you've seen what Spencer Horowitz has been doing for Buffalo, but it's slightly obnoxious. Yeah, it's crazy. So for the uh, random Blue Jay fan that is listening this evening, I happened to pull this information because I knew we were going to talk about this. So segue points, Jason. <laughs> Spencer Horowitz in 23 games so far this season is batting a mere 296. He's actually taken 19 walks, which is a lot, by the way. In that many teams. <laughs> 13 RBIs. He somehow managed to steal three stolen bases and has eight doubles and a home run with 13 RBIs. Jesus. And Spencer Horowitz was my Meyer League click to pl- or a big to click this offseason. I really love what this kid's got the off. So I'm glad that they're giving them a shot. I was not expecting this. Is he all. in the lineup today? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Searching. See, you know, he was on MLB Network tonight, and I don't get to watch it here in the States. <laughs> so thanks, MLB Network. But to that point, speaking of a gentleman we just happened to be talking about, Dalton Marshall just hit another home run. Yeah, I was going to say, he's actually really turning it around. Like, uh, I think when I was watching the last... baseball team is very very happy on that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because he was like, every time I was watching, he was always striking out or just something. But, you know, he's he's starting to come around now. Like, he had that big three-run home run, I think, a couple of days ago or yesterday or something like that. So he's coming around now. Hopefully he can get his confidence back and just, you know... Start hitting, start finding that ball, right? Because uh, when he hits the ball, it's it looks like timing with our yeah. show. And I think that's starting to come around. And it, if we're talking about approach with baseball hitters, the timing part is so critical. And he has one of those swings. We used to do it a lot, but it's about getting ready and loaded at the right time. And you can see that he was close, close because he's hitting all these good monster high fly balls, but it was never getting the right you know, angle for it to become hard line drives. And he's doing that over the last two games. And one of them turned into, as you mentioned, Ken, a huge three-run home run last thing that actually at the time put the Toronto Blue Jays on top against the Red Sox. And unfortunately, it went for not, but that's how you yeah. play the game, unfortunately. That is. No, that so, is. But uh, like I said, he's coming around. And even Espinal's coming around, not. too. Sorry? Yes. So, 
and not in the game at the moment, Spencer Horowitz. He's sitting oh. on the bench. But to that point, he's a first baseman, outfield, core outfield guy. He'll get some play on that 10 to that point. Like I said, if he's going to hit, he's going to be a pinch hit kind of guy of some late, late innings for somebody like the Ron matchup for Espinal to what you just said, Kander, or, you know, I can't say Biggio anymore, but <laughs> whoever it might be um, at that point, maybe it's a DH spot, remedy. It's giving the Blue Jays some flexibility with his his uh, pieces and what he can do. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's, he is listed and has played in the last year with the Bisons and uh, many of the Blue Jays minor league affiliates. First base, right and left field. So that is a mix that they don't have. And kind of the piece that Vigio was created doing anyways. So now you're a guy that's been playing really well, might be the hot hand can come up and do the same thing Biggio is doing, and then Biggio can hopefully right the ship in Buffalo and come back up hot kind of thing with the buy. You know, it, I still think at some point if Biggio doesn't get traded, he's going to find a way to be a key player on this team. I really do. He's just too kind of a grinder guy to be able to miss that piece. And I'm not just saying that because my former co-host, Adam, Cor- Adam Corsair, had the mad question. <laughs> so... Anyway, shout out, Adam, if you're listening. <laughs> but Horowitz has been on the Blue Jays' top 30 prospects list, Corey, over the last four or five years. Has been an awesome minor leaguer. He's progressed. It's, I'm glad to see he's gotten a chance to be at the major league level. I just hope that him and Nathan Lukes actually get such a bass. Well, hopefully when we have like those blowout games where let's say we're up by like six, seven runs, then hopefully that'll do when they get called up and, and fill in their roles because it's going to get some reps in both from the offensive and defensive perspective anyways, right? Cool. Yeah, for sure. Correct. And honestly, I was very happy that Lucas got in on that the other night because he do, he needs some at-bats. The guy's a contact hitter. If he doesn't find a way to keep that going, you know, he's never going to keep it going. See, there's, 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 nothing worse, there's nothing worse than when a team calls somebody up and they don't let him play. Nothing worse. I mean, it's... Correct. Why even bother? I mean, I understand if guys get hurt or whatever, but you you have to, you have to, even if you're getting, even if it's a close game, put the kid in for an inning or two, pull, you know, let him, let him pinch run. And if you feel confident enough, leave him out in the field. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's opportunity like that where sometimes somebody really shines and you're like, wow, like the kid who scored the goal last night for the Maple Leafs, their first goal, his first career goal. They happen to throw him out on a line with with Matthews and uh, 
you know, I mean, the Ken Pops one, it was a nice goal. And, and I mean, had tradition in the, the NHL run, that kid's not touching the ice in, you know, in the playoffs, certainly. But usually yeah. from the first shift, it's he's not touching the ice either. So, you know, and I, I have noticed in baseball, there are a lot of guys that are getting a shot this year. Uh, it's nice to see that guy from the Pirates who's been in the minors for 14 years to get yeah. fit ever. Um, Especially but, on that team right now, they're crushing it. But, yeah. but, 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 and to that point, they throw a guy out there who's you know been a tr- you know struggling for 14 years, and the Pirates don't need to put him up there, but they do it. They yeah. let him play, and they let him get a couple of games in and get his you know official jersey and all that fun stuff. And you know it's that you have to be happy with the talent if you're going to bring it up. You can't you know rely on yeah. something maybe a little bit more tired. Let him sit. Sit him out. Right. Maybe he can just fire. Yep. You never know. That's the way baseball is. It's, this game is just as much about good players as it is about catching fire at the right time and being the hot hand. Yeah. And we see it with pitchers, hitters, streaking teams that run all the way through the playoffs, 95 Marlins. <laughs> Things like that. It's just how it is. And that's why we play the game. This is why we love this game as much as we do is you get to see these wonderful stories unfold. I have one question for you. And this is a mildly question for both of you. Did you happen to see what happened for a certain gentleman at the Buffalo Bisons named LJ Cali the other night and what he did for the Buffalo Bisons? What did he do? Went six for six at the plate. Six for six. I did hear them. I I heard them talking about that on an off, like on an off thing at the Jays game, and um, yeah, apparently, um, you, you know, he had twenty-one to nine victory. Just saying, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to that point, LD Tally was also somebody we saw in the spring and was one of the gentlemen that I was really intrigued to see. He had some great home runs and key parts of spring training games. Has great contact. He's a former seventh round pick of the Toronto Blue Jays. So it's a pretty decent middle of the range because it's 15 rounds in the major league draft these days. And to that point, if this is what you have coming from somebody like him at this point, Horowitz could be the first of these guys coming. Yeah. And from sneaky places, like I said, Tally's a different kind of player than a lot of these guys that we've been talking about. But he's the last Blue Jay to do six for six was Frank freaking Kalanov. <laughs> And that was in the Angry Bird ages. And by the way, I love Frank the Cat. <laughs> so he was an awesome, fun guy to watch hit. And uh, truly a uh, you know breath of fresh air as far as hitting goes, as far as people that people like me that invert envy people like Tony Gwynn that just find a way to make contact with the baseball all the time. Right. And oh, that was tell you what you see from somebody like um, Cat Lenato during those years. He was batting just 300 all the time. Spence, what did you get in that from, like we were talking about, from Vlad, Bichette, and Chapman at this point? You can't lose games where you're hitting the ball into the field and not just waiting for the strikeout. So um, if you have these contact guys, and that's really kind of how I saw Nathan Lucas. He just makes contact, doesn't strike out a lot. I think the mantra is starting to change in Major League Baseball in general to getting away from the Joey Gallo-isms of Major League Baseball with just either hit a ball over the fence or strike out. Don't care. You know, I do. And I think the Blue Jays have been successful up to this point offensively because they have found that next level. And I think Matt Chapman 
to where circle back on this conversation as the AL MVP for the first month of the season, um, really is taking that to heart. He's found ways to get on base, hit the ball into play, don't wait for the strikeout, just make contact and good things can happen. Yeah, yes, like he's leading the team in extra base hits, and I've never said 15 doubles so far. Can you believe that? I'm like, wow. I've heard of for a month. It's from, yeah, this is the month, right? It's fine. We'll run on top of it. Crazy. 20 extra base hits in a month. You played 25 games this month. <laughs> Just hitting the ball really well. No, I played 28. 28. They played 28 games. 18 to 10 currently. <laughs> but still, yeah. no. that's a lot of extra base hits in one month. Well, and a lot of hard hit balls, too. Like, I mean, it's not like he's hitting little blue, you know, Texas leaguers out there. He's smashing the ball into, into parts of the field where no one expects him to go. And, um, you know, how many times has he walked into second base? Standing, like we have yeah. time, like in trot, trust, like he's already taking off his elbow guard and shin guard as he's, you know, as, as he's, he's running for me. So, I mean, it's, it's on <laughs> and it's, it's nice quad. It's all casual. Yeah. Uh, to that point, speaking of literally breaking base, the home run that Boba Shet hit in the Rogers Center the other night, did you see what it did to the brand new wonderful flight deck? Yeah, dented the wall. Oh, so really? cool about that. <laughs> <laughs> The big four, four, thirty-seven, and it put a hole in the size of the baseball. Crazy. So, um, I forget the Sportsnet writer that happened to be in the stands that was like, ta-da, for where it was. But it it was a perfect Vanna White moment, like Frisbee toss. Here's the here's what Boba Shed did to your wonderful renovations. (laughs) So, more to come. More to come. (laughs) So. And before we dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly for the last week, can anybody get hotter than what Bo Shet has done over the last week at all? This is what we saw last season, fellas. And I don't know if it's the contract extension, the fact that this team is crazy competitive, what it is, but you can see he is reaping all the benefits of where this team currently stands. And I should be happier to watch it because you're we're almost forgetting that Vlad Jr. is a part of this team with how good Chapman and and then by the way you just happen to have this third gentleman that is a masher of all baseball <laughs> story about that I mean it's I, I don't you know I I, I think that that Bo looks so very calm right now and it, it, I feel like it's actually bled over into his fielding as well. Like he certainly, you guys have probably noticed he hasn't made it a lot of errors in the last little while. The one that he did make was a throwing error. And I feel that when he rushes all of his pursuits, be it hitting, be it in the field, whatever, if it's a rush job, it's not done well. But when Bull takes his time, gets himself set, sets his goals, focuses, he seems to be unstoppable. Um, He is... Seeing the ball like it's a, like it's a, a beach ball coming in right now. He's hitting the ball like they showed his spray chart versus where the ball's ending up going across the plate. And those two things don't even correlate. Like, yeah. He's pulling balls that are down and outside. He's putting balls that are, are inside, you know, into all, like where balls should not go. He's hitting them and he kind of, it, it almost feels like it's a little unfair right now. Like, he goes up there with a plan. He's executing it almost to his, you know, like, whatever I feel like doing, I'm going to do. 
Like even the, 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 in Boston the other night, two of those singles could have been doubles had the outfield not been quick enough to get there. Like, Correct. you know, the, if you've got a good fast outfield, you can, you can limit those. But there was twice where both thought about going and he's like, man, I just, you know, I just can't get there. But he's seen of a guy that had collected a mere five hits in one game the other night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Firing on all cylinders. He seems to have a very low fear factor right now. And it, like I said, it's bleeding over into the field. And um, I just hope uh, not only for himself, but a friend of mine made a bet preseason uh, that Obachet would win uh, the AL MVP. And if he does, Mary's Paul that turns into a very large win for him. I would be curious to see how well that pays out because I have a strange feeling the odds are definitely in his favor right now. If he keeps hitting it like this, then yeah. If he keeps playing the way he's been playing, yeah. The odds were massive. Oh, just on that note, I might have photographic proof. And there's a hole right there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And there's the dad. Just (laughs) so I found it. So I had to make sure I shared it. Very nice. Very, very nice. To that point. Dear God, if if that's what we're going to have at the the two hole in our lineup or maybe our fourth spot, depending on what things shake out like. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Worth every penny. Yeah, probably and more yes. at this point. If this is what we're getting from Boba Shot, Dan. Cheers. Clink. Salut, <laughs> <laughs> Um That being said, fellas, let's talk about the Seattle series really quick before we talk about what's been going on with the uh, Boston Red Sox since we moved to Fenway Park to start this ridiculous road trip that we're on. Um, everything seemed to go well. Like I said, we did lose one against the Mayors and coughed up the last game of the series. But to that point, I feel like we did everything we needed to do to exercise our demons, if you will say, from Seattle being in the Rogers Center this past September. Skydome. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm crying. Yes. Wearing the old hat even. <laughs> so, yeah. do you think that we did everything we needed to do for the Seattle Mariners series? Well, yeah, I think we definitely, uh, you know, the fact that we were able to squeeze out a couple of victories, to sh- it just gets out that, like you said, the curse from the last year's playoffs. So Seattle should know that they're very, we can beat them, you know. And uh, the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of the players, even though it was like a pitching duel for some of those other games, we can still hit the ball harder than they can. So hopefully they they they, they recognize that. I think yes. that... I think Ken, Ken, you dead on. I think what that that those two wins did was they put uh, a, a decent amount of fear back into the Mariners. I feel like the Mariners have never really handled the Jays very well. No, certainly not for the last number of years. Um, and I feel like when they they won in the playoffs last year, they really felt like they had like, we've gotten over it. Okay, we can win here. We can do all these things. These guys aren't that bad. They can't hit the ball. Oh, yeah, they can. And, you know, if we're not careful, they're going to beat us mercilessly. And it's, I mean, they were really close teams, but I felt like in some of them, they weren't quite as close as they needed to be. Our, obviously, our relief pitching wasn't great, mm-hmm. but at no time, even in the loss, and, and to that point as well, like watching the two games in Boston already, at no real point did I feel like the Jays were losing. And it's, it's no. weird to watch baseball like that, where, where I'll look and I'll be like, oh, Oh, they're losing by three? What? Like, you know, nothing seems to have changed. Everyone's nice and calm. <laughs> Just, you know, well, it's another day at the ballpark. And then you're like, oh, they're up by two. Whoa, how did that happen? And, you know, it's, it's, 
they're hitting their way out of a lot of their problems. Now, if they can just convert to good middle relief sesh, you know, sessions that they were getting in those in that six game winning streak, um, hell, I feel like we could go on another six, seven, eight. I mean, this Pittsburgh series is going to be brutal. This is the next that these two. My hope is that they can they, they they can put one on the Red Sox today and then maybe squeak out with a split D in this um, and, and then keep pushing forwards. But I mean, like I said, this is going to be a brutal, brutal, brutal road trip. And yeah. even if they come out 500 at the end of this road trip, I think they should be very happy with yeah. that. If we can get 500, that's what I'm hoping for as well. Yeah. Yes, nine-game road trip. Three different cities. Brutal. Just saying. <laughs> so... And again, two teams that are wicked hot. And I'm saying that because the other in Boston, I got to say, wicked hot. Wicked hot. I really hope that they can find a way to keep going tonight. They're already off to a good start with our show, getting the solo hole run. And the fact that Manoa knock on desk is looking pretty damn good this evening so far. Um, we'll keep going on that fact, hopefully. And then tomorrow we'll get Gossman. I would say that one is probably going to be a lock because he looked insane. The other day, especially eight. My God, talk! Oh, you talking about? Nasty. I'm honestly shocked that he was not in the running for the AL um, pitcher of the month kind of thing. I forget who won. I had to look it up, but Raul Acuna was uh, the counterpart on the um, National League side for the hitter part. Um, in the midst of that, it's just he's been lights out. He, if you talk about who's been the ace of the staff so far, has been Kevin Gosman. Manoa is going to get there. I'm not even worried about that one bit. Um, especially when we finally did see some signs of life. I'm going to call it, you know, too much hype, too much this, too much that, whatever it might be. But it seems like he's got everything heading in the right direction currently. Uh, and it's amazing how a trip to the Bronx was why I actually writing about them that whole situation. But he had his major league debut also in the Bronx. So maybe he feels oddly comfortable in New York. Maybe. Maybe. But to that point, we are got one more game with Boston after today. Then we got a three game set at PNC Park with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then we got to go to Citizens Bank to play the Phillies for two more. And I'm honestly happy it's only two games against the, uh, the Phillies currently. Um, that. Those couple of days might save us because that's a lot of road games between it's a seven it's a full seven game stretch right now between the Red Sox and the Pirates that we have to worry about covering. And it's going to exhaust our bullpen a little bit. Yeah. And then the other flip side of this whole thing is after we record next week and wrap up the Phillies series. I don't know if you notice who we get to see coming back home with us, but it's not getting any easier. He's <laughs> Are we play? Should we get the Atlanta, Atlanta Braves? Oh boy, yeah, New York Yankees, Baltimore Nets, on Baltimore Orioles. That needs to be. We know we go Tampa in twenty. So and then Milwaukee and Milwaukee's on fire too. When can we play Milwaukee. Chicago White Sox again? When are we playing them again? Chicago White Sox. <laughs> the rest of this month is going to be make or break for the Toronto Blue Jays. And to that point, they need to, it needs to be a 500. I, you, you got, you've got to be hoping that you're winning those series, but you need to at least stay 500. And for a team right now that I still think is trying to figure out their identity a little bit, are we only an offensive team? Can we pitch? Can our bullpen figure things out? <laughs> right now, I think that is the biggest question is trial Blue Jays stand and goes, especially over this wire. I'm going to segue to the Red Sox series now. 
the Red Sox series, these first two games have shown that our bullpen has cracks in it. And yes. I think there were Blue Jays fans that were worried about this, me being one of them, because I've seen what Jimmy Garcia and a few of these other guys have done, and I'm worried. Eric Swanson was lights out until last night. I'm going to like chalk that up as one game. Don't give a shit. Keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> no. But to that point, I really am starting to wonder what can solidify this bullpen, boys. And is it Nate Pearson, who has looked very good in his first two appearances? Do they have to find somebody? Do we have to make that big trade acquisition? Does Chad Green actually get healthy and save our ass? <laughs> what is it? I don't know at the moment. And I really am wondering if right now, if you're trying to find a hole in the Blue Jays' armor, that it is... The bullpen, unfortunately. I do think that right now, <laughs> Jose Barrios doing what Jose Barrios doing in the fourth spot of our rotation. Great. Fine. You're <laughs> not worried about it. Even Kikuchi's performance last night. He's a fed starter. That is a normal fit starter's look last night. And he's still undefeated. He is still undefeated at this point. <laughs> Never would I thought Kikuchi would be the one at this point would be the best record for the, out of all the pitching right now for the Jays. I never would have thought that. Correct. I mean, I think that's great to your point. I think that the the big thing right now is, and I think we we talked about this, it's not to panic. These guys are all pros. They're all good players. They're all good pitchers. They just need to get back. Because when we won six in a row, it wasn't like our starters went till the eighth and, and, you know, Romano walked out and threw one inning of smoke and we'll see you later. I mean, there was lots of support. And you've got to get these guys, Richards and Pop and all these other guys to, to, Amazing yeah. to, to just sort of remove hand from rectum and start realizing just throw. They have great defense. I, I tell this to the kids all the time. You have great defense behind you. You don't have to try. Like I was watching Garcia last night try and locate these guys bought pitches, and you're like, dude, stop it. Throw it 98 down the middle or throw it 98 just off and then yeah. drop 78 mile out, you know, drop it on them. And you and I'm just gonna go back to the point I made. Pearson looked pretty damn good doing that for two innings. Oh, right. Put him in more, man. Put in Pearson if that's what it takes, just to get the. He's going to get more leverage if he keeps doing what he is currently doing in these first two outings. It's only a matter of time because he. So I don't know what you guys noticed the other night during his performance, but in the midst of that, they needed strikeouts when he came into the game. He got those strikeouts. Yeah. And it's because he can throw nothing but heat in. You know, F with hitters' minds with that curveball about what he's doing. You know, it's amazing what happens when you go from 98 to all of a sudden just dropping a dime on somebody with a curveball. And to that point, I was ready to do picks to click, Jason. So if you're ready to go, I was going to wrap the show. I wonder if we You might have won the swings. <laughs> so on that note, I had Jason gets the belt this week. Jameson had Jano, um, Ken, you had Kikuchi, and we're still carrying the guest spot over until we get a guest next week. And we have guests next week for what I've been piecing together. So I would honestly, arguably, out of those five, are those four people that Danny Jansen probably had the biggest hits of the week in oh, that God. performance. Coming back. I like it. So, Jason, I'm going to do. In honor of who this day, the fix the click thing came from, I'm going to go f- full Hawk Harrelson here and say, you can put it on the book. 
Oh, yes. Because <laughs> you are now officially on the board, my friend. So you're tied with me with one. They can still run away with three wins. And so, Jason, you know we're playing the one more game against the Red Sox. We have the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then we have the Phillies. Who is your pick to click until we record next Wednesday? My pick to click is Kevin Kiermeyer. Big double K. There you go. So, Ken, seeing I'm the host, I never let myself go second. (laughs) So you're going to go next. Have I picked Merrifield yet? I don't think I have, right? You have not, and that would be an honestly underrated gentleman that we have not talked about on this show. He's going to be my... Like there how, how about break the catch and then the throw to one? Where he yeah, you saw that? Where he threw, almost threw it into the stadium. Or the mention 10-game hitting streak. Unreal. 10-game hitting streak. Unreal. A lot of crazy. And I, I, I just want to put this point out there. A guy keeping that offensive production up and playing multiple positions is very rare. He's been playing the outfield and second base, and he's kind of going... All over between the two, you know, but it's slightly getting nuts to the point of like, I, I could, I was the guy that carried around, like, I felt like four different gloves in my batter's bag with me because I never knew where I was going to play every day. And I can't imagine being able to keep that kind of quality at the plate up with all of the above that he's doing. And he's been one of the biggest surprises in Toronto Blue Jays baseball so far this season. I don't see it slowing down because he's too competitive. Yeah, I um, you guys might have heard me make the joke that he is this year's Reed Johnson a few weeks ago. I think I remember that. I love Reed Johnson, and I love it because of the same reasons I'm starting to fall in love with uh, Whit Merrifield, and it's the fact that he's a grinder. Mm-hmm. He finds a way to contribute at yeah. every game, whether he takes the long field of base, makes a great fielding play, whatever it is, or just a matter of having a ten game inning streak. He's from the you gotta call. It. Gotta make your pick, Craig. Uh, so I can care. I can pick Barsha, who is my. I think is really gonna heat up over the next week too. But I'll. I'm also seeing Alejandro Kirk is starting to hit the damn ball. So oh, go. okay. The maple beef. Was maple beef. My favorite Blue Jays. Alejandro Kirk is my pick. There we go. So before we sign off, boys, as I promised Mr. Jason Lyons here, we would be off before eight o'clock Eastern time here this evening. <laughs> Four minutes. Is there anything else you would like to talk about before we run off this evening? I'm good. Go Jays, go. You know, again, I'm excited that the week that's coming, I think that the, I, you know, I think we're going to see some incredible baseball coming up, especially the stuff at BNC. Um, if you've got the time, PVR, and if you've got the, the will, watch it. And, you know, if you guys are listening to this or watching it or whatever, let's start getting some comments in here. Let's start getting some stuff while it's going on. We see you guys popping in. We see action. Let's get some questions. You feed them, but, you know, whatever you guys want to start talking about, fire it in there. Let's go. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. This is the bar room yeah, for Blue Jays fans. I'm not a straight of spotting from the hell of it here. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Kelly Gruber. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kelly Gruber. <laughs> Outside of that whole thing, we are the Barroom Blue Jays Fet Chat for all of you. Make sure you join us every week. We are here live every week, Wednesday, 7 o'clock. So we're usually going to be live during a Toronto Blue Jays game. Come join us on wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from on social media, whether it's Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, any of that good fun stuff. Make sure you give us a listen. 
and join in. If you don't get to, obviously, we are available after the recording on any of those same places. And that's pretty much it, gentlemen. Another wonderful week in Toronto Blue Jays baseball, even though, like I said, we went kind of like half and half this weekend with a 500. But to that point, I think regardless of where everything is, Toronto Blue Jays fandom, you are very, very happy with where this team is trending. And things are looking up, especially if this is the team not hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be winning. And I'm sorry I went full Chris Farley in the I don't wear deodorant kind of thing right there for a second. <laughs> so, but anyways, Blue Jeans fans, thank you very much for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. Make sure you hit us up with those live shows. And I think it's that time, boys. One, two, three. Woo! Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch at BirdwatchingGC and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays go. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.